effect is inevitable when we plan to serve him with our life. It's, it's going to happen. I love this story. In 1990, George Hubert Bush told Saddam Hussein that if he invaded Kuwait, it would be a declaration of war. And, uh, of course, he did uh, attack Kuwait, and he was good as his word. And uh, he was, people were very critical of that decision. But that night, Mr. Uh, got a call, and the call went something like this. Good evening, Mr. President. This is Margaret Thatcher, uh, Prime Minister of Britain. Mr. President, I want you to know the Royal Army is at your disposal. The Royal Navy, considered to be the best in the world, is at your disposal. The Royal Marines, 7,000 trained men for desert warfare, are at your disposal. But Mr. President, this is not the time to be wobbling. David, David, great psalmist David, this is not the time to be wobbling. Dear Christian, regardless of where you go to church, or you're a member of Solid Rock Baptist Church, this is not the time to be wobbling. When we read the story of David and Goliath, we assume that David, and by the way, uh, that's today. Gentlemen, adjust my volume. I'm getting a, a tremendous echo. Just let's lower it just a bit, okay? Just a smidgen, right? All right. When we read the story of David and Goliath, uh, we assume Goliath is the only giant David will ever have to deal with. But we find here in the text, verse 16, there's another giant, and his name is Ishbinob, and he was the son of the giants. And so David, uh, Goliath wasn't the only one. I can just imagine as David stood there and he turned and he seen this massive man, and his name is Ishbinob. And the Bible tells us, and he has a new sword. And as David watched that sword gleaming in the noonday sun, he realized that Ishbenob came and David's name's on that sword. He's come to kill David. And David is waxing faint. He's never been here before. David is in his senior years now. He's not the young man that he was when he faced Goliath. But I need you to understand, I don't believe it was the giant that bothered him. He'd faced giants before and defeated them. And, uh, but it was his inability to fight the giant. He waxed faint, just didn't have the strength. Like it or not, we're in an invisible warfare. And this giant's name's called a virus. But may I say, it's not the virus that I believe is our greatest giant. It's the giant of fear that's crossed our country. It shut down our schools, shut down businesses, and it shut down just about the entire world. Running away is not an option because where are you going to go? Well, it's not. So there's no place to run. Pretending there's no problem uh, is no solution. I do believe there is a virus. I do believe 
then in some places it is very uh, extreme and challenging. But I must be honest, I do not believe it is the magnitude that the media has portrayed it to be. And, and the fear is running us rampant. I think the fear is uh, uh, what the virus, I'm not so sure the virus could possibly be as bad as the fear that's producing across our country. Jude 1.3 said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. And you said, well, why did you read that? Because I believe that's the answer for fear is faith. Amen. The antidote to fear is faith. We'll come out of this. And the restrictions will be lifted and we'll be, coming, be able to come back to church. Amen. But I wonder how many people fear will keep them home and not obeying God. And fear will keep them from living life. And the Bible says we need to earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. And so may I say this, dear Christian, this is not the time to be wobbling. So there's three things I want you to see here tonight. Number one, spiritual warfare is real. Second Samuel chapter 21, 15, moreover the Philistines had yet war again with Israel and David went down his servants with him and fought against the Philistines and David waxed faint. And notice, and and the Philistines had yet war again. Uh, may I remind you, dear Christian, as long as we walk this old mud slab called earth, and if you're a Christian, you're a born-again believer, there's going to be warfare to fight. Amen. We're not on a good ship lollipop. We're on the old ship of Zion. It's a battleship. Yes. But the Bible tells us in Ephesians 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the powers might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are saved. We are into a war zone. It's real. And, uh, and the reason warfare is so very difficult because many are trying to fight a spiritual warfare naked. There's garments we need to put on. Amen. Verse 10 tells us strength is in the Lord. Praise God. Yes. I, I'm not belittling folks that are hurting and that may be affected by this virus and those that may have lost loved ones. I'm not, I'm not please don't misunderstand me. Uh, I, I'm not belittling none of that. But may I remind you, this is not the time to, to, to fold up our tents and quit, give up, throw our hands up and surrender. Strength is in the Lord. I just, I'm reminded this tonight on a Wednesday night that God is still in charge of this business. Same as he was before he started. We never win trying to fight for spiritual battles with our own abilities. And the Bible says, verse 11, to stand. And we've done all to stand. May I remind you, verse 12, Satan is, is serious about the battle. Uh, there's no ranking system in the devil's army. They're not fighting to see who's important and 
who gets created, who's top dog, they're just focused on destroying everything and anything that brings uh, God glory to his blessed name. And, and I believe with all my, if he can destroy God's church, he's going to. But that can't happen unless we allow him to. So there's garments we need to put on, but there's God that can never be let down. And Ishbenam, here we are, another giant, which was the son of the giants. Here he is. David is a young man's Luke Goliath, but and stood strong and, and steadfast. But now he's not young any longer. And no doubt David believed, man, in my senior years, I can just let it sit back and take it easy. Uh, I, I got I thought on my battles now. Uh, I'm in my senior years and Boy, this is, this is good. We just enjoy God in Christianity. And wow, all of a sudden, another giant shows up. His name's Ishbanab. See, none of us are bulletproof. Spiritual warfare is real. But no Satan's willing resolve. And 2 Samuel 5, 18. And the Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley Referium. The reality was the Philistines were the arch enemy of Israel. They were a type of our devil, if you will, our uh, Satan. They're a type of the enemy. Notice verse 22, and the Philistines came up yet again. And 2 Samuel 21, 15, more of the Philistines had yet war again. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? Satan has a re- willing resolve to destroy every Christian, every marriage, every home, every born again believer. He wants to destroy your testimony. Right. Can I just insert this and not get booed out? I believe this virus is going to do something that nothing in this world could ever do. I believe those Christians that really love God and trust in God and believe in God, it'll bring them to the surface and they'll shine like new money. But those that are not, it's going to reveal them as well. It's going to reveal what's in our heart and what's truly real. It's going to reveal some of you that are listening to me tonight. It's revealing to you who you're trusting, who you believe, who you put your faith in. Sad to say, more people put their faith in the media than they do in a holy God. I just soon put my faith in Him. May I remind you, Satan's willing resolve. He's not impressed. With our past victories. David could have Ishbenob. He turned around the ice stands. He's a massive man. David could have said, Now listen, I'll show you something. Look right here. And he could have shut him his bed and said, Aren't you standing off right there? That's your brother Goliath. And I took a, his head off, and what a victory that was. See, but Ishbenob would not have been impressed by past victories. May I remind you tonight, our church, I love our church. We got a great church. We do, we got a great church. But what you've done last year really and truly doesn't have a lot of effect on today. 
Today is we're having to find out what we are made of, where we're at, where we're at with God. Now, mind you, with that being said, our, tr- our church is, is displaying greatness now as it never has. But I want you to know, Satan's not impressed with past victories. That's why it's so sad when I see people that used to serve God, used to be excited about God, used to have their focus on God, but somehow they got moved off of that. And that's the danger. The great danger of our time right now is that we get comfortable sitting at home when God says, forsaken not the assembling of ourselves together. We can get comfortable sitting at the house of God on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. We can get comfortable not witnessing. We can get comfortable not serving God. If we're not careful, we can make that our comfort zone instead of obedience. Oh, I know what we can't do now, but I'm looking forward to the day I can. And I want to get back to that place as quickly as I can. I believe when we, I love this, we, we had drive-in service. And I believe when you come, you're, you're, you're not forsaking your assembling of yourselves together. The very best we can. You might sit in your car, drink your coffee, but we're assembled the very best we can. So may I remind you, if you allow your past to, to hold you captive, then there'll be no new victories to enjoy. They want to, and so David said, David said, um, Satan was, it was content. He's not impressed with past victories. See, one of the reasons that uh, we just got to keep, we just, what God did like two months ago, three, could you imagine we would be here? January, I, I planned that. Uh, a terrific Tuesday. Now, every Tuesday in the month of May, we would have a special speaker and, and a terrific Tuesday and had it all planned out. But those plans came crashing down. Couldn't land that no more. We couldn't do that. We're not being able to do that. Now, it's almost amazing, isn't it? We've always got, we've, we've had to get back down just a basic Time with God, basic worship, singing and preaching. We don't have all the the other things to prop up Christianity. It's the preaching of the Word of God and singing and praying. It's back to basics. Could it be God is going to get us back to basics one more time? And I got a hunch we all need that. All right. And the answer was the shield of, we just need faith. Oh, uh, and, and David, 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 this ain't no time to be wobbling. Dear Christian, this ain't no time to be wobbling. Amen? Amen. This is no time. Many of you listening to my voice, you stood too much ago and proclaimed, well, you're glad that God was your God. Well, is he still your God? Did he die in the last couple months? I checked today. He's not died of the, fire, of the virus. Matter of fact, he didn't even have a, a fever. Matter of fact, I checked today in heaven. He's doing just fine. Amen. He's not impressed with past victories. May I say this? Satan is improving his attack 
every way possible. And Ishbanab had a new sword. Part of what brought this message about, every day we hear something new in the news and most of it is how to increase the fear. Please don't boo me out. You're watching the same thing I did. They tell us how many people have died. Please, please, don't you dare lie on this preacher and say he doesn't care if they die. That's a lie. I do. But I love the numbers of somebody getting on a, a, a report in the morning and saying we had this many people survived. This people, many people uh, had the virus and were well. This many people are back to normal. I would like to hear the whole story. Instead, they tell you how many people have passed away. And I'm sorry for every one of those families. I really am. Uh, we had, I think this morning, four in Burke County. I'm sorry for every one of those. But how many people tested the virus and got better? I mean, every day. See, Satan, Ishbanab has a new sword. Satan's people, Satan's people are gladly used the resources to promote Satan's agenda. Liberal politicians have spent thousands of dollars to promote a politician. And while many times we suffer to get a few, we, we challenge to get a few dollars to send missionaries. So spiritual warfare is real. Saints willing resolve. But then the soldier was ready. Now don't you get here's the thrust of the message tonight. Number one, David waged war while he was weary. He wasn't at his best strength. He wasn't at the top of his game. He waged war while he was weary. Galatians 6, 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. David said, I refuse to be a victim. I'm going to be a victor. I may not do this fast as well as good, but I'm not quitting. Amen. He waged war when he was weary. It's easy to be on the mountaintop shouting and praising God and pray. But when you're at the bottom, when you're hurting, when you're struggling, when you're weak, can you still pray? Can you still pray? It's easy to pray when we get what we want. But when we don't get to do what we want, we don't even like what's going on around us. I don't care too much for what's going on around us. I understand it, I just don't like it. Yes. But my prayer life ain't stopped. My Bible reading ain't stopped. My praising God ain't stopped. I had stopped doing what I was doing before it all started. Yeah. What are you quit? Hey, dear Christian, this is no time to be wobbly. This is no time. I, I just, when I, and I say this, and you say, well, preacher, you're just bragging. I am. I am. And I don't care who knows it. I am. 
I praise God for our church. Amen. Because it not wobbled much. Yes. I've, been, I've been amazed. Uh, I must, I'm just going to be honest with you tonight. I thought we might wobble a little. Amen. Uh, be, be frank. I, I thought we might wobble some. But we hadn't. As a matter of fact, I've been shocked. I've been, I've been, I've been, ble- I've been humbled every Sunday morning to drive in service. I see uh, the devil slip up and say, well, it's raining. There's nobody going to show up. And praise God, the parking lot filled up. He's a liar. We didn't wobble none. So I'm, I'm thankful for a church that's not wobbled much. We've been very consistent. I thank you for your giving. It's been very consistent. One of the mark, you say, well, there you go. I'm talking about money. Oh, by the way, I'm not afraid to talk about money. Some preachers are. I'm not. Bible's not afraid to talk about it. God's not afraid to talk about it. I'm not going to be either. May I remind you, it takes money to run the church. And I'm so thankful for our church. They've not wobbled. They, they've, they've uh, and, and by the way, for some have had to go out of their way to do that. We're, we're Baptists. Do you know what that means? I mean, that's borderline a miracle, all right? But the truth is, they've had to go out of the way, and, and not because we made them or they had to, but because they love God and they love His church. He waged a war. When weary, when weary. Second, they were willing to, he was willing to let others help him fight the giant. Boy, this is so true. David's nephew was uh, Abishai. And he came to the king's rescue and killed the giant. The king was the lamp of Israel. And had to be protected. See, the day came when David couldn't fulfill his position as a giant killer. Now he's willing to fight. He's not rolling over and playing dead. He's out there fighting. But what's so valuable, it was so amazing, was there was another that said, David, if you don't mind, let me have this giant. Your giant was Goliath. I'll take, a, I'll, I'll take care of Ishbenoth for you. Let me, David, how, how about letting me do this? And again, let me just say, I have been amazed since this whole ordeal started how many people within our congregation has stepped up. Amen. Stepped up. And be frank, done things I could not do. I'm not Brother, uh, Brother Dagenhart. I, I play a radio if there's a chord and a button on it. Amen. Uh, truth is, I, I can't play instruments and, and uh, um, I, I can't do, do this technology stuff. And uh, it, it's, really, it's really humbling when your grandchildren know more about a computer than you do. Amen. But the reality, so I, I can't do the, this stuff. But praise God. Praise God. I've got some men that stepped up and said, we'll, do, we'll take care of this. We'll do this. We'll, we'll do this. 
people that sing in here. And, uh, and that's challenging. Stop and think about it. There's nobody in the pews. And they're singing to no one. And yes, it's, it's a virtual uh, audience. But the reality is, if they've got to have an audience to sing, they shouldn't be singing. For see, the Lord, He makes no difference whether the building's empty or full. It's all to the same one. See, I'm glad that we got to be willing to let others fight the battle. That means whenever you're in a trial and you're challenged, call the, call the church. Call me. Call my wife. And uh, say, please, we need prayer. Our family needs prayer. Our, 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 our marriage needs prayer. Uh, my kids need prayer. I'm contemplating taking them out. So they need prayer. And uh, uh, you, need, you need to, when, when we're in this battle, we need to understand there's people around us everywhere we go that they're there. Abishai was there all along. But all of a sudden, David was in a position he'd never been before. He grew weary. I'm glad Abishai stepped up. But then I want you to know something. Here's what's important. There was a word to prepare soldiers that word secureth means to run to the fight. Now this is no time to get wobbly because the result was Ishbenob, the giant was defeated. Now David's character came out here because he had prepared Abishai and he knew he was faint and weary. There's no time to get wobbly. Hey, Sunday school teacher, now it's time for you to be prepared for that class when you get back to teaching. We're preparing stuff for our classes now. That's why it's important. Why? Because this is no time to be wobbly. Now's the time for you to pray for that class. Pray for one another. Now's the time not to be wobbly because security means run to the fight. Abishai wasn't volunteering. He's running to the fight and saying, I'm taking this and I love this. Ishbanah never expected to have to fight Abishai. He came for a faint, weary David. But he finds an Abishai Prepared and ready for the fight. Acts 13, 36. David, after he served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and laid upon and was laid into his fathers and saw corruption. I love this story. Charles Plume, number one ace in Vietnam War, flew 75 successful missions off the USS Kitty Hawk. On, the, on his 76th mission, he was shot down. He ejected and pulled his parachute and he flew to the ground. He was captured and placed in a prison called the Hanoi Hilton for six years. Two of those years he spent in a cage three and a half by six feet. After six years he was released and he began to cross the country sharing his, how God gave him strength to endure the captivity. He was at a distant state, eating a nice restaurant, 
He noticed a man just kept staring at him and staring at him. And finally the man got up and came over and, and said, Sir, is your name Plume? Yes, sir. USS Kitty Hawk? Yes, sir. 75 successful missions? Yes, sir. On his 76, shot down his... He said, yes, sir. And he saluted him and said, Sir, I packed your shoot. And then smiled and said, I guess it worked. Charles Plume stood up, gave him a hug, and said, Sir, for 15 years, I have wondered and I have thanked God for the man who packed my chute. Can I ask you in closing tonight, whose chute are you packing? And may I remind you, it's no time to be wobbly. It's no time to be wobbly. Oh, you say, preacher, you just don't, you just don't understand. I, I read that, I listened to the newscast today. It's no time to be wobbly. Preacher, you don't understand what's going on in my This is no time, no time to be wobbly. It's time for us to be steadfast and sound and sure, not in ourselves, but in the great God of glory that we serve. Amen. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, God in a world that's wobbly, tremendously wobbly, help us to understand tonight there's no time, this is no time for us to be wobbly. Not because we're special. Not because we deserve it. Not because of any intellect. Not because of anything we may or may not do. But because we serve the great God of glory. And he's promised us in this book some things that, are, that will come exactly the way he said. Most of all because we're a child of the king. May Lord we just not be wobbling. Bible says when we've done all to stand, just stand, not be wobbly. Help our people in our church, I pray. May those that are wobbly and their marriage is wobbly and their lives are wobbly, may they find themselves on their knees beside a couch and say, God help me not to be wobbly right now. But help me be settled and sure and steadfast for your glory Amen and amen. We thank you for listening tonight.